0: Caution, learning in progress. Good morning, everyone, and thank you so much for listening to another episode of Smarter Every Season. Hans Stetsman is here with me in the studio. Hans, I've got some good news. I think I talked to the first grower in the Dakotas yesterday who said, you know what? We're going to go try and plant. Hey, that's a good sign. Yeah. That is a good sign. You betcha. You betcha. So planners are rolling, and that means it's time for another episode where we pass along some of the things that we're seeing drive call volume, some of the questions that we're getting in an effort to help our dealers out, our growers out, give them a good experience on a few things. Uh, Hans... um, it does seem like we're starting out with a few liquid talking points mm-hmm. again today. Yep. That's okay. There's a lot to that system, and we want to make sure people have a good experience with it. The first one is we're starting to get to, as more and more planners roll, uh, what I'll call like flow rate adjustment. Yeah, it's this correction season.
1: We got... The product in the tanks now and now guys are saying hey we're just a little bit off on this
0: yep yep so what's what's our best practices there what do we need to be aware of um so there is a flow rate adjustment just make
1: sure you are aware of which one you're adjusting whether it's flow sense or the hd um there is a very good document in the uh product resources underneath um emhd em flows or actually not emhd underneath hd em flow sense it's underneath the installation section there um there is the one that said flow rate adjustment and orifice balancing worksheet Um, if you have a guy that's, that's off on something like that, um, have them start with that document and walk through, walk through that. And that is, we're going to require a true bucket test, not a, well, my gallons in the tank should have said, I should have used gotten 40 acres and I got 35 out of it. Um, make sure you're using a bucket test on that. Um, if you call us, we're going to go through that same process with you on it. Um, so, um, just to get a heads up, I would go through that sheet. It's a very easy, straightforward worksheet to go through.
0: Um, Yep. Yep, I would also pass along too that I would not worry about making any kind of adjustment to your flow sense until you know the HDs correct. are dialed in. Correct. You Once want to apply correctly. Right. Once you get the application correct, then you can work on the monitoring side of it after that. Right. Agreed. Hans, I'm going to try and take this next one. It has to do with V apply base. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. If I use the manual test for V apply base, you can still use a manual test, just like if you did if you had yep. HDs. But in the manual test. When you are set to automatic for your duty cycle, um, we will give you a flow rate command and a flow rate actual. We are doing nothing there to actually look at a planter-wide flow meter. We have no idea if that's actually hitting rate or not. All we are looking at there is, does your commanded shaft speed match the actual shaft Correct. speed? If it is, we'll say you're hitting your rate. Correct. There could be a hose that's blown off the planter and product is shooting all over the planter bar. Yep. We don't know it via this test. All we're looking at there in that manual test with the apply base is does your shaft speed match the command? Yep. And that command is all based off of the gear, the, the liquid ratio that you put in it. Right. And, and this, so that's the – yeah, go ahead. Yep, no, I was just going to say, and this will catch guys too, is when you then move into a manual mode, when you switch the duty cycle to manual, I think we actually remove the commanded shaft speed yep. because basically at that point, if you're going to command the duty cycle, you're in control. Yep. Because our control is off of shaft speed. Correct. And mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna to change a duty cycle to hit a shaft speed we think we need. So if you move into a manual mode in the duty cycle, if you apply base, you're in control. We're not commanding mm-hmm. anymore. You, you tell us what, you you tell us what you're going to do. Yep. 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 <coughs> Yeah, so the other thing that I wanted to mention on that too then is let's take that to a system where we do have HDs and talk about in the manual test, again, uh, when we're set on that automatic mode um, and we have the V apply highlighted. So we're just looking at at feedback we can get from the base module. The pump controller. Right, where you would see like pressures, filter in, filter out, things like that. I want to say that all we give is a commanded... I don't think we give an actual, we give a command, GPM, we do not give an actual uh, GPM. Which you could still use that to determine what your GPM is when you're trying to do your min and max rate. Correct. But don't be concerned if you don't get an actual rate there, an yep. actual flow there.
1: Because we're not monitoring anything on the planner wide level at that point. Right. We are monitoring at the HD level, which is where you need to go. So you hit the tab at the top that switches that over to the HD side, and there's where you're actually starting to look at what is being applied. That is yes. the, whether you
0: can confirmation of whether you're actually hitting the rate or not. Essentially, we can use the flow command on that apply tab or the rate controller tab yep. to validate, okay, if I'm at five gallon of the acre at five mile an hour or whatever it is on 30-inch rows across a 16-row planter, that is 5.05 gallon a minute. I'm making right. up a number there. Yep. I can use that, again, for my pump count numbers. Yep. But I guess, again, don't be concerned if we don't give you the actual flow. We don't care. We're looking at the HD. That's the my control flows. point. Yep. 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 Okay, Hans, you can probably sense me um, slowing down to talk through that, and that's it gets technical, and so I don't want (laughs) to say anything wrong. So uh, if it feels like I'm um, laboring a bit through talking through that, I just want to make sure I I get it all out properly. Um, Okay, I think we've had a couple instances come up this week, too, of GPS systems that are exporting location from the bar. What is there a system we see that with more than others or what do I need to be aware of to not get caught there? Yeah. So uh, there's a
1: couple of systems that are out there. Trimble is one that they, they can basically configure uh, an output location. Um, Sometimes that's based on the, um, if you're doing like a liquid application, sometimes Trimble will, if you set the bar location, that's what they output as a third party system. It also depends on where you're tying in on on their GPS system. I think some of the ag leader systems will also do that. Um, where you can configure what the output is. I'm a little hazy on the Angular side of it, but I know Trimble is one of them that you can. Um, that's just something to be aware of. If you get a system that's outputting a bar location, you're going to have to either set it up as a planar amount of GPS um, or as change your GPS measurements such that it extends back that far um, or find another location to, to tie into the GPS system to pull from the globe of the tractor. Um, so GPS offset checks the number one priority that we like to see to make sure that that, that we confirm that we've got that correct. Um, if you're getting a field and stuff just looks really odd, and you haven't done the GPS offset check, one quick way that I just verify is pull across a pull 90 degrees to a field to a pass you've made, put the the, the gauge wheels on the last row that you planted, and then take a, take a look at your map and the icon and see where you're showing. Is the is the bar all the way back there? Is it? 40 foot out in the field already.
0: Is it okay to admit that we sometimes refer to that as the poor man's offset check? Oh, that's perfectly fine. That's the way we do it. That's (laughs) that's what I refer to all the time. (laughs) Uh, Still would recommend the offset check, but if you're in the field in a pinch, that's a, that's a nice way. I understand
1: a lot of guys, if you get a fully loaded planter and making, making circles out in the field, um, creates a lot of compaction and that's not something we want to encourage a lot of. So just as a way, way around that, um,
0: that's the one thing we look at. Yep. Hans, I want to talk a little bit about row fails. When you get event code five, or um, so for some guys, it may be like when you you jump to bar chart, if that's yep. the way your row fail setting yep. is is in the 2020. Um, a row fail can be triggered for two reasons. If the population is such that it's outside of the parameters that you've set, right? If like if you want to be alerted when you're 90 to 110 percent outside of a of target, of, of target, you would get. That row fail. Correct. We also will row fail if there's a certain, like a small number of seeds that we don't see in a row. I think it's probably the best way to say it. Consecutive missing
1: seeds. Yeah, that's probably the better way.
0: Is what we're looking for. So if there's a, I forget what the period is, it's
1: some number, some of them are less than 15 is my understanding. Um, Yep. It it, it depends a little bit on what the percentage is of rows, but if we miss seeds in a row, we're going to row fail. Um, the one that I think will also catch you a lot on, if your bar chart, <clears throat> when you're looking at that bar chart, it'll show a row fail if it goes high or if it goes low. And when a row fails, the bar goes clear to the top, turns colors, but it mm-hmm. goes clear to the top of the bar chart. It doesn't yeah, go to the bottom. the whole bottom. row is red the whole on that row, bar chart. Yes, yep. the whole row is red, clear to the top. It shows basically saying this row has failed, but the bar chart will show it at the top of the, that bar. The icon bar will go to clear to the top of the bar chart. That's a row fail. Yeah. Um, and it can row fail high if you get to 130% of what your target, percent of your target. Or if it goes low, you're at 50% of your target. Those are the scenarios that you'll see that that row fail.
0: Yep. I think that's also a way to pass along just to remember, be, because it can be a, a small number of seeds in a row that we don't see or because you're, you're low or even high of your target pop, The best way to determine, am I looking at this as a seed tube sensor problem where the seed is actually dropping and it's accurate, but we're not seeing it, or it's a metering problem is to dig on 30 inch rows to dig 17 feet, five inches. Yep. So I I, I think it's just also to pass along, like if, if I see row fails continually popping up and I dig three foot and there's seed there, that doesn't tell me the whole story. It doesn't tell me, okay, then are you truly underpopulating? Because you can have seed, right, and still be, I can Mm -hmm. aim for 30,000. That's 30 seeds if I dig 17 feet, 5 inches. I can dig and see four seeds. But how are they spaced? And if I dig further, am I then missing the next Next two seeds? Right. Right? So so I I think it is to pass along and say, like, making sure that in those instances we dig 17 feet, 5 inches, in the area of the row fail, yep. and validate, do we have... It should be one one-thousandth of your population in right. 17 feet, 5 inches. Yep. And if you're listening, you're like, well, well what about if I'm 38-inch mm-hmm. uh, row? I will try and put those measurements in the show notes. Okay. But feel free to call yep. us on that, too. I mean, we'd be happy to pass along those numbers. Uh, but, I mean, again, more often than not, we're, we're talking in 30-inch uh, row, 17 feet, 5 inches mm-hmm. is what applies. But I, I will pass along... Um, What those measurements are, too, for, like, if we're on 20-inch rows and stuff like that. So,
1: But just a a big thing is just dig enough that you know. Yes. Dig dig it out that you – because if you dig five seeds, that's probably not enough to know for sure what your population is going to
0: be. Agreed. Okay, Hans, next thing we want to talk about is every now and then we'll get a phone call with an intermittent issue. So you'll have somebody say, I got a pop-up that I lost communication with the SRM on row X. Or this row will turn yellow all of a sudden. Or even it might be a planter-wide gap, yep. but it lasts a fifth it's of a second, second, right? And then it's, it goes away. It's quick. Yep. From you, I'd like to know, when that happens, I, I, there's a lot that can go into that. But give me a starting point. Like, what would you recommend to say, okay, if you're not sure, if it happens quickly, here's the top three things I'd try to get from the grower. When this happens. Yeah. So
1: in that scenario, the one the first things I look for is I'll go to, if I can, I can get them to go to the system log um, exactly. underneath diagnose. And I want to see what the event code, what event codes have been popping up because um, sometimes that's going to give you a pretty good idea of what actually was going on. If it's a list switch issue, you're going to, you're probably going to get a pop-up um, planter lifted while showing lifted while planting um, or brief, brief lifted while planting. Um, if it's a device that keeps going in and out, you'll see a lot of times you'll catch it in the in the system log that we flagged it. A lot of times, the the system log will flag before the event code fully pops up. So you might get something in the system log that's not that's not popping up because of the, how quick it was showing up, or the customer forgot didn't see the pop up, um, and so. Go to the system log, go through and look at each one of those uh, and see what you're, what's showing up in there. That's a good rule of first time to pick it up because if you're getting that wide, um, if you're getting that list switch or GPS, a lot of times that will flag in the GPS, in the event log, yeah. we lost GPS for a moment and came back. Yeah. Um, if it's planner wide gaps, um, I always tell guys if, you, if they've got the time and they can, if it's happening with some, some inconsistent but regularity to it where they can kind of keep an eye on it, bring up the GPS page. That's got your radar speed. That's got your GPS speed. That's got your GPS lat longs. Watch that screen and see what's happening when you get that. If that Do you see a, a GPS speed drop out and come back? Um, so I, those are a couple of things to keep keep an eye on.
0: I was thinking if you get a pop-up, that generally rules out. Like a loss of communication with an SRM mm-hmm. or event code 21. That generally rules out GPS. Correct. It does. Right? Yep. Okay. Yep. If
1: you get an event code pop-up as far as, um
0: I lost this device or something like that. That generally rules out the GPS is the issue. And typically the lift switch too. Yes. Because we're actually saying like we lost communication, communication with something, something. Right. Yeah. This yeah. is yeah. This is why okay. it, this was shut off. Um, another thing we look for, um, we
1: talked about this in, in training and we also talked I think we talked about it in, in last year on the podcast as well. Um, Gen three, if you're missing getting communication errors or something like that. Go to um, the diagnose. Press on DBM. There is a MPC missing packet correlator that shows up, and what that's doing is that's looking and saying, "Did all? Did we lose any CAN messages from any of the SRMs across the, the bus? Um, if that number continually climbs or, or jumps whenever you see that skip in the field, that indicates that you've got a CAN issue somewhere on the system. Yeah. Um, so that's a rule of thumb. If it's if it's stable and doesn't move, that's fine. It's not. We don't looking that it stays at zero, but we want to know if it's increasingly if it's gradually
0: increasing throughout the field. Yeah, that's a good point. I think the, the big thing, too, with the MPC is I, I want to say, like, if you have a power issue, all of a sudden, like, if you lose power and it comes back. You'll also get a missing packet of later. Right, right. Because power died and yep. we didn't move can information, yep. right? Uh, the big thing is then once you get it back, because we are talking about intermittent issues here, yep. continue as everything is green in the diagnose screen, watch that MPC number and see if it's still coming still up. up. Yep. That would indicate to me, typically, it's a can issue that in some instances gets bad enough to kill the entire planter. But you still know you're fighting something yep. can-related. Yep. Okay, very good. Okay, Hans, one last thing that uh, I want to pass along. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and try and take this one. Um, we like to have rows assigned to rate sections. Yep. And sometimes what you'll have guys do is because they have a crop that they're not using certain rows, they'll pull those out of the rate section. Don't do that.
1: Put them on a different rate section if need be.
0: Yes. But make sure you always have rows assigned to a rate section. And this goes for V drive because what you'll get is a white seating box. Mm -hmm. And you'll have guys say, but I I set up all the hardware. Right. So we got to go to rate sections. Make sure that all rows are assigned under some one of the four rate sections. And this is also true with a smart connector system. Even in smart connector systems, just a reminder, you need to add the widget. Just like you would for V Drive. The seating widget on the home screen. Enable it, put in a commanded pop, and make sure you assign all rows to a rate section. Correct. Yep. yep. That's true for seating. That's true for downforce. That's true for
1: for any system that's, that you're running. If you want to be able to map it and see metrics, the widget has to be in uh, set up and, and enabled with a target.
0: Right on. Hans, we got anything else? I don't think so. Okay. I think on a lovely spring day, we've taken up enough of everybody's time, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, I am. Thank you all for listening, and as always, have a safe and happy spring.